Welcome to the fifth episode of Demol Belgi Greece recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as always is the Canadian who is regularly nicknamed the Atmosphere Sponge, Logan Saunders. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How has your week been? It's actually been not too bad. My body's been adjusting to my new uh, nocturnal work schedule, so to speak. Where now, I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast last time, but now I work from 5.30 in the afternoon till about 5.30 in the morning with, with lots of breaks in between, of course. But that's how things are now. My body was not wanting to quite adjust to going to bed at 6 in the morning, but I think over the past couple of days, I've been able to make it to 6 a.m. without having to nap. So, yeah, things are looking good, pandemic aside. <laughs> yeah, essentially, you've done a reverse jet lag. Yes. Instead of, yeah, trying to wake up at a normal time at like 6 or 7 in the morning after a long trip being overseas in Philippines or Thailand or elsewhere, now I'm trying to actually reverse it so I'm on the same clock as if i am in the philippines or thailand <laughs> yeah and let's be honest you won't be changing your body clock for belgium this year now yeah belgium's been getting hit hard by it's kind of gone because of course within the media attention uh coronavirus is focused strictly on the states because now they have the most the they have the most number of cases and of course michael with your prime minister now testing positive and going into intensive care but belgium they have quite the ratio of positive uh positive test for coronavirus and i think like 500 people died from it yesterday something something crazy and that has gotten zero media attention over here yeah i'm not 100 percent sure but i'm reasonably confident from reading on instagram last week that axel's dad died last week at some point i'm not sure if it was coronavirus related or not but i think axel oh, really? lost his dad last week yeah because his parents live in france his parents live in paris i think yeah and France is now the hardest hit. They lost, what was it, 1,400? I looked on the website today. I try to limit how much I look into coronavirus, but I just happened to glance at France's numbers, and it's re- they really spiked there. Yeah, but going back to the Belgium thing, the Belgium finale has not been cancelled yet. We're fully anticipating it getting cancelled because my flights have been cancelled. I'm having to postpone my hotel. I can't get the money back for the hotel, but I can postpone it. And the official decree from the Belgian government is that cinemas are closed up until the week before the Belgian Mall finale at least. So if they extend it, Belgian Mall finale will get cancelled anyway. But as it stands, it's still officially allowed to go ahead. Hey, you can't reveal the date. I think you can work it out now, Logan. <laughs> We're five <laughs> weeks in. <laughs> and it's on their website. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I don't. That quarantine's not going to be lifted before the Belgian Mall finale at this point. It's They're peaking... Even here in Canada, where we've we've like, especially in my province of BC, we've actually flattened the curve now, where we have sixty percent of hospital beds are completely freed up, which is quite quite a good statistic. Of course, we'll really know how effective social distancing has been probably in the next week or two. But a lot of countries are at that point where they're starting to see it leveling off a bit, and of course here in BC, it's we've been a lot more effective with it. We've just been really really lucky so far so but we're still expected to probably be in the state till may 1st is the current projection and then maybe even a week or two after that and then slowly twist and turn that valve to see how much of a quarantine can be lifted yeah i'm not anticipating that our lockdown is going to end anytime soon officially they're reevaluating it on monday but 
being realistic, they're not gonna they're not gonna temper it for a couple more weeks at least. Not when the leader of your country is in intensive care because of this disease. Yeah, some something tells me that um that Boris being in intensive care probably isn't a good sign for our prospects of being let out of the house as of Monday. And then the factor it in too with uh I mean, here in Canada, our Prime Minister's wife tested positive, and our Prime Minister's just been, well, not just been, it's a nice house, but he's just been staying at home this entire time and just doing a daily press conference from his house with no other, with nobody else around. I think maybe one person to put the podium there, and then all of the journalists are just on conference or some sort of video call where he acknowledges them, because when they ask him questions, you can be, you can hear it being filtered through a phone. Well, our Prime Minister um, tested positive last week, and then it was announced over the weekend that his girlfriend, who's pregnant, didn't test positive but was showing symptoms, and now he went into intensive care over the weekend as well. That's the timeline. Yeah. These are weird times to be in right now. We're essentially in war times, but it's against a disease rather than each other. But in more positive news, Belgium Mole is still on for a few more weeks. Yeah. I wonder how, what are they doing for Cafe the Mall? Is it, are they still doing Cafe the Mall? No audience. And Elodie and Gilles are at least two metres apart at all times. At all times. There's like a magnet or something plopped in the middle of the room. (laughs) There's a big ruler between them on the floor that they're just not allowed to cross. (laughs) The floor is lava, guys. I, I like how they they should have like their each each side of the room is painted a specific color, and then in the middle is like a red danger zone painted. Like, do not enter this zone, guys. Keep to your side. Yeah, I have no idea what they're gonna do about the Belgian Mall finale, assuming it is cancelled. Maybe they'll do phone in interviews, but it's kind of rubbish for for the contestants involved because they won't have seen each other since like October November time, and then they're still not going to see each other properly. Well, remember what we, uh, we've we talked about this before with other reality TV finales, but I can still remember the very first time I attended a finale or a finale party, and the contestants all all said, this is the pretty much the last time we all get to see each other in the same room. So they really try to savor it and take that in. So here we are, Belgian Mole finale on the horizon where they all get together for the reunion show. And right now it's... Not looking too good to have a gathering of more than 10 people in the same room. Yeah, what are they going to do about the reunion as well? Because that film's before the finale, obviously. Or before the finale event. They're not going to be able to get those 10 people and Papa Bear and all the crew in the same room, surely. Well, what they, What was the restriction with Dutch Mall? They had... Johan was in quarantine, right? Yeah, Johan was in quarantine. And then they had a skeleton crew and than Rick and the other nine. Yeah, I'm not sure what the current rule... I'm curious what the current rule is for Belgium in terms of the limit on a gathering. I don't know for certain. That's that's the problem. I'd be quite surprised if they can film the reunion as normal. Yeah, because they could still have... Would it be 10 contestants, Papa Bear, Jill DaCosta, and then maybe two crew members there? Have like cameras pre uh, pre-set up in the room... Maybe have they can get away with maybe like two, maybe three crew members. They might allow it with like thirteen or fourteen people. Yeah, it's going to be touch and go though. I think. Yeah, that's good. That's too bad. There's a lot of. I mean, 
of course, there's like the whole economic side effects are now starting to trickle in. And well, the fact that tons of people are dying from this, but yeah, it's, it's a shame that, you know, even a simple thing like filming a Belgian mole finale and reunion show is going to be greatly impacted by this, let alone a big grand finale event. And the other bit of this is the fact that we're not entirely confident this isn't the final season for a little while. This could be the final season of Belgian Mole for at least a few years. And there's no way for them to make the announcement that it's going away for a little while. It would be kind of a shitty way to have it be your final season. It'd be super discouraging if this is the circumstance that you have to, that you think, oh, we're going to go out with this big bang. But then instead you're stuck with going out with a, a whimper for a few years. Which, I at that point, think, man, we should really just do one season where we can do something really grand from start to finish, and then go away for a few years if we want to, or a couple of years. Because this would just be a shitty way to go. I think we need to find out off Papa Bear for certain whether this is the final season for a little while or not. Yeah. Who knows when they can film uh, another season. That's the other thing, too. Because that's so uncertain in the air with reality TV in general. Yeah. Anyway, we probably should actually talk about this episode. Yes! So previously, this final seven travel to Athens, where Doreen and Selim gain power, before everyone split up to either play golf with handicaps, or tour the Athens metro system. Doreen and Bart stuff their faces while everyone else got physical, before five of them got the chance to skydive, and dupe the other two to win Passfragen. At the elimination, Doreen, Christian, and Jolien got green screens, before Law was sent home. And we open the episode on a beach, where their loved ones say whether their contestants could be the mole or not. And we meet Alina's mum... Salim's girlfriend, Doreen's boyfriend, Bart's wife, Jolien's boyfriend, and Christian's brother. And only Salim's girlfriend, Bart's wife, and Christian's brother say that they could be the mole. It'd be funny if they interview one of the one of the loved ones and like, oh yeah, they they told me about it before they went out there. Oh shit, I wasn't supposed to say that. Do you know how hilarious that would be? Please edit this out. <laughs> Papa Virgil de Costa, please edit this out. <laughs> and then. <laughs> it's like, well, that's a violation of the non-disclosure agreement. <laughs> that's a violation of an NDA. See, Alina, I knew there was a reason you were coming home in a robe. <laughs> It'll be great if whoever is the mole or the person says, "Oh, like, why, why are you out so late at night? You keep, you, you keep, uh, you keep going out all night. What's happening?" I'm like, uh, I gotta tell you something. Gotta tell you something, honey. I'm the I'm the mole. And then they watch it on TV and they get executed in round six or seven. It's like, wait, you're not the mole. What were you really doing on those meetings all night? I thought you were seeing Papa Bear Jill the Coster. Who were you really seeing? Who were you really seeing? <laughs> You've been cheating on me all this time and here I thought you were just sabotaging people out of thousands of euros from the pot. <laughs> I assumed you were cheating people out of money. No, you were cheating on me. <laughs> I thought it took months and months of preparation for for being the mole. I thought that's why you had to go out five days a week. There was a lot of briefings for all these challenges. You had to be really detailed and really knowledgeable about each task. I did wonder why the person I assumed was Papa Vergil de Costa smelled of a different perfume than I wear. <laughs> Not to say the perfume thing too. Was there a perfume challenge? Yeah, we had. Yeah, each time you come home with a different perfume, 
Yeah, because because there's this task where you have to memorize all these different scents, and then it, it gets on your neck, it gets on your chest. <laughs> so I think that has broken Logan. Um, so next week's uh, intro plate is discus themed because they're doing the Olympic challenge. And I want to know whether you know where the quote came from, because this is obviously going to end up being a clue at the end of the season. But this week's quote was, a smile, a greeting, a happy face. And I googled this to find out where it was from, and it is a dark place. Have a wild guess, Logan. Um, a Mussolini speech? It's actually the opening quote from a statement made on social media by the gate agent of Failed Flight MH17. She went through her experience on Facebook of her meeting all 200 and odd passengers and opened it with the phrase, a smile, a greeting, a happy face. And I, I did search for quite a while to make sure that it was only from this place, and it is only from this statement. And which flight is that? MH17. That's the one that got shot down over uh, over the Ukraine by the missile uh, a few years ago. Jesus. That's the Malaysian Airlines flight. Is anyone Ukrainian in this cast? That's a terrible hidden clue for the mole. I mean, it's a really dark source to get your intro quotes from, because we started with the actual quotes from the Greek myths. Last week we had a Winston Churchill quote. This week it's from the gate agent of MH17. Who shot down that flight? Was it was it the Russians? Uh, yeah, it was Russia. And Alina is from Kazakhstan, which used to be a part of the Soviet Union. So maybe Alina is the mole. Yeah, when the mole reveal happened, she's like, you dumbasses. Why didn't you connect this quote from an act of terrorism in the former Soviet Union to this season of a family-friendly reality show? That was staring you right in the face. Wake up. <laughs> so we open on day 11 in Glyfarba with the final six having breakfast with Papa Virgil da Costa and everyone discusses their loved ones and when the waiter brings over coffee he asks whether they all want to read the newspaper and it's very unsubtle about the next challenge given that it's a half page advert all in black and mole text and the first challenge is for three people to take photos of a mysterious famous person if the photo is taken of them at each of the three locations they will earn a thousand euros per location and they choose Bart, Doreen, and Salim to be the photographers. The other three get to set up the locations for secret photo-taking, because if the celebrity's bodyguards spot them, they lose any money that they would have earned for those photos. And they can also earn an extra 500 euros at each location if they take a photo of the loved one of another candidate who is hiding at each location. Who is Willie Summers? <laughs> I mean, you've seen my my note on this already, because skipping forward a little bit, I'm talking about Bart and then say, him and Alina identify the celebrity as Willie Summers, whoever that is. <laughs> Apparently he's a famous Belgian singer? Flemish singer. I, I looked it up on Wikipedia. It is a very, very short article about him. I do not think he's famous outside of Flanders. I don't think so either, but he has been around forever. Uh, is he related? To, is he like Donna Summers' cousin? That'd make him a little bit more famous. Like, he's not even... He's, he's so unfamous that he could be a contestant on Belgian Mole. He's so unfamous, he could be a contestant on Vista Mole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or be a ho the host of Vista Mole. 
hypothetical question. Does taking lots of pictures of a man called Willie count as taking dick pics? As long as you don't name the photo album Free Willie. He wasn't even really doing anything in Greece. He just happened to be in the area that weekend. And Jill Sacosta says, hey, let's just take photos of this guy. And then, hey, hey, Willie Summers, what are you doing for dinner tonight? Because we're not up to much. We're just hanging out. You want to come over? Sure. <laughs> Do you think that Willie Summers was aware that he was having his photo taken as part of the mole? Or whether he was just going about his normal day and then Jill rung him up afterwards and said, yeah, I've had my contestants taking lots of incriminating pictures of you. Do you want to come and perform for them, or do I need to release the negatives? Like, after last week's preview for this week, I kind of assumed that the famous people were going to be their loved ones and that this was going to be a convoluted way to introduce them to their loved ones. But no, it's instead a random Flemish celebrity who no one has heard of outside of uh, Flanders at all. Yeah, no one in Wallonia has even heard of this Willie Summers. In Wallonia, the general attitude is Keela Fuck is Willie Summers. <laughs> in fact, in fact, there is a famous Wallonian singer, not who is not known outside of Wallonia, who sings about Willie Summers. About who no one knows who he is. And it's not even that Willie Summers. It's like a Willie Summers who is a football player. There's a Willie Summers who's more famous than the Willie Summers we saw in this episode. But seriously, if you go- if you Google if you Google search Willie Summers now and you go into Google Images, ninety percent of the photos are just from what the contestants took of him this episode. So yeah, they get fifteen minutes at each location to take incriminating pictures of Willie Summers. <laughs> just just talking about Willie Summers is hilarious. Like that's that. It's like man, contestants now have to take pictures of this hobo across from my house, and uh, all they have to do is make sure Willie Summers is recognizable in all of the photos, in order to earn money for the pot. Okay, so for Willie Summers, his next concert is on January ninth in Belgium. That's the next time he's performing. It's on Ticketmaster. That's over nine months away. Yeah. So who knows, if the Belgian Mole finale gets delayed then for a proper finale, we gotta hit up this Willie Summers concert. We now have an in with Papa Bear Jill's de Costa. I'm sure we can get backstage access, Michael. Papa Bear Jill de Costa, hook some brothers up. <laughs> hook some brothers up with Willie. Hang on, let's see if he has an Instagram. Oh my god. This, <laughs> this podcast is gonna take forever. <laughs> I, that's Willie Summers official... Oh, the one that executive producer from Belgian Mole follows him, and that's the only mutual Belgian Mole contact who follows him. <laughs> Jills doesn't even follow him. Oh, let's give this guy a follow. Awesome. Okay. Willie Summers, you are now followed by RTV Warriors. So, as you mentioned to me earlier when you were watching the episode, um, there's some recognizable pieces of music in this episode, too. <laughs> are the songs by Willie Summers? <laughs> No, shut up about fecking Willie Summers now. <laughs> okay, so there was uh, Toxic by Britney Spears. That was a really weird remix. The song Slow by Kylie Minogue. And there was one more. Oh, yes, Poker Face by Lady Gaga. Somehow was Poker Face selected and not Paparazzi. Yeah, I noticed the weird version of Toxic, but there was also there was a Painted Black at the end. Only at the very end of the episode, yeah. But in that task, those were the three. I think there's another song too, but I didn't recognize it. 
Yeah, Painted Black is one that has actually been um, sampled on Belgi before because it was sampled in Mexico, but it wasn't the same version. They have a really good DJ. They really do, and someone loves the Rolling Stones in that production team. They love Rolling, Rolling Stones, Britney Spears, and Kylie Minogue. I don't know what you do with that combination. So Bart and Alina do identify the celebrity as Logan's new favourite, Willie Summers, whoever that is, and join him in the restaurant to try and get a great photo. But what they actually do is end up just talking loudly and leaving. It was a fun night for the contestants. It really was. They just got to be close to an alleged celebrity. Um, someone who was made up and did not exist before this episode. Like You guys know Willie Summers, right? The actor playing Willie Summers. His <laughs> stunt double. <laughs> and Salim's girlfriend is working in the wine bar. Salim and Jolienne try to work out who the loved one is, and it can't be Bart's wife who's smoking on the bench, because Bart is very anti-smoking. Bart tries to take a photo at the last second, but a tree is in the way, and Alina is incredulous at him for this. And at the harbour, Doreen's boyfriend swaps with one of the bodyguards, and Jolien and Salim easily get loads of photos of Willy, which in most countries would get you locked up if you just start randomly taking pictures of Willy in the streets. Well, the word paparazzi was invented in ancient Greece. Is it not Italian? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> a, double, a double Z followed by the letter I may or may not indicate that it's an Italian word. I was going to say, I know you lie to me a lot, but... Paparazzi, I'm pretty confident, is an Italian word. Maybe it has like it has it has Greek roots. Yeah, maybe. I'll Google it while you're obsessed with uh, Willie Summers again fairly soon. Nah, I'm already over him. <laughs> He's already de- dead to you, is he? I already unfollowed him. See, I heard one of the surprises at the Belgian Mall finale was going to be a live performance from Willie Summers, but now they've got they, now they've had to cancel it. Yeah, because there's all, yeah, we're allowed to have fifteen or less or few fifteen or fewer people in a room, and there's sixteen of us. Who are we gonna cut? Sorry, Willie, <laughs> you're out. <laughs> it would have been such a wonderful surprise if you turned the corner, gone up to the VIP party and whatever, and then seen Willie Summers setting up on the stage. Oh, that would have been so funny. <laughs> yeah, he does a duet with Booba. Play Shoshaloza! <laughs> so Doreen and Christian took a photo of who they thought was Sasha, and it was actually a random Greek bouncer. Alina and Bart also took a picture of a random Greek man instead of Sasha. <laughs> and then Salim and Julianne took a picture of someone they thought was Christian's brother. It was, of course, not. And to win the thousand euros for each photo, the three loved ones who didn't participate in the challenge, including Sasha, despite the fact everyone's obsessed with him, had to identify who the celebrity was. Only Sasha identified him, so they earn a thousand euros of a fossil four thousand five hundred, and they are then reunited with their loved ones, which Michelle Pierce-Denevan would hate. Oh yeah, she just skips over this episode. She thinks it's a pile of shit. Is it really bad that when I was discussing this episode with my brother yesterday, because he doesn't pay much attention to these shows, obviously, but I was discussing the fact that it was a loved ones episode with uh, with my brother earlier, and he immediately turned around and went, "Michelle would hate that." <laughs> He also seems to think that she keeps her children underground and um, feeds them only on a diet of fosters and one cigarette to share between them. I wonder how they determine who gets the bigger half of a cigarette. They just pass it between them. Learn to share, kids. Learn to share and shut up, you little shits. <laughs> yeah, the great thing is, I know this is all going to get back to Michelle and I'm just going to get a very angry message off her going, Why are you talking about me again? Are you obsessed with me more than Logan is obsessed with Willie Summers? Do you think that Christian's brother looks a little bit like Lloyd as well? 
Not all Belgians look alike, Michael. He had a look of the Lloyds. Otverdama. I'd look like Lloyd. Just push him off a cliff and see what happens. See how he reacts. Ah, ah, shit, shit, shit. (laughs) (laughs) So as a special treat, they get serenaded by someone who I'm assuming is Willie Summers at dinner as well. And then we get my favourite bit of the entire season, every season, which is the traditional loved ones ask if they're the mole montage. Because almost always, the mole will say, yes, yes, of course I am, and then start laughing with their loved ones, and then it was revealed that that's a clue. This year, however, nobody says yes. That would be quite the twist. So I think this year, the clue we're looking for is someone who said no, which narrows us down to two people, one of whom is Bart. Can't be Bart. It can't. The other person is Alina. Oh, then, well, that's already my number one suspect, so that just confirms it. Tunnel busy, tunnel busy. That's a song by Willie Summers. All right, cool. And Sasha says that Jolien can't lie to him, and she looks proud that he thinks that. And then they are all taken to the old airport on day 12 for the second challenge of the episode. And Papa Bear is looking for two air traffic controllers, two people who are good under stress. And of course, the one person you put in a role that requires a lot of stress is, of course, calm, measured Bart. He never he never gets shaken in his boots. And them and their loved ones are sent up to the air traffic control towers. And the other four are put in blacked out cars with their loved ones, the loved ones sat directly behind them, being able to see a screen. And they are guided by their loved ones through money gates, which they can't hit on their way through. And after 20 minutes, they have to be in the safe zone at the end of the runway, otherwise they are out of the challenge and any money they collect is. And Bart and Christian each get to look after two cars and can stop them if they're going to crash, which Jolianne and Alina almost immediately try to do. And also on the board are question mark gates. Only three of the gates aren't question marks. All the gates together add to 2,175 euros. But as the rule is that each person can only claim one of the gates, they can only obtain up to 1,800 euros for this portion of the challenge. And to use the intercom to speak to their respective cars, they and their loved ones must earn 50 points on a game which can only be described as Minecraft Frogger. That train was a doozy. (laughs) Who created that game? Because they did some really good work, not just on the death animations, but the aesthetic of that game was wonderful. It could genuinely be a proper game. It's probably the same person who developed that game from the Vietnam season. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, my friend who actually genuinely has been credited for Nazi death animations wasn't credited for doing this game. Hmm. She worked on the uh, the Wolfenstein game a couple of years ago and genuinely was credited for Nazi death animations. It takes four years of schooling to do that. So Salim clears the 25 euro gate, and Bart's wife loses the game on 46 out of 50. Christian's brother reaches 50, unblocking his intercom, and Doreen navigates herself into the perfect position to go for the 300 gate, and Alina is in position for the 500 one. And then we get the feud between Christian and Alina's mother because they keep giving her conflicting directions, and she ends up just smashing into the poles on the 500 gate. And we finally, five episodes in, get a hot dummer. I know, it took forever. It's our favourite Flemish phrase, and we finally heard it out of Alina's mouth. Out of the one person who's not ethnically Flemish. I mean, if I had to guess from this cast who was going to be the first person to say hot dummer, it would be Christian's brother, because he looks like Lloyd. Even though it happened in the same episode as when he was present. 
Exactly. I expected us to see him say it first before anyone else, because he opens the floodgates as Lloyd's surrogate in this season. <laughs> Bart's wife finally reaches 50 points, and he guides Jolien to the 600 euro gate, and she clears it and banks the money. And on his way to the taxi zone, Salim hits a piece of luggage, losing his 25 euros. Doreen reaches the taxi zone with no money, Alina clears the 400 euro gate and floors it to the taxi zone with about 10 seconds left. And then in the second part of the challenge, they have to speed down the runway before putting the car into neutral. And they will stop in one of four types of zones, either times nothing, times one, times two, or times three. Whatever they stop in their respective cars, takings is multiplied by. So Doreen is up first, she accidentally reaches the times one zone, earning no euros regardless, and she drives at exactly 50 kilometers an hour. Salim is up second, he's told to drive at 70 kilometers an hour, but drives slightly faster and hits the times three zone, earning no euros regardless. Alina is up third, she's told to drive at exactly 70 as well, but Christian thinks correctly she's driving too slow. She stops in the zero times zone, so ends nothing for the pots. And Jolien is last up, she's told to drive at 60, but she didn't put the car in neutral, so stops in a times zero two. And they end up with absolutely nothing out of a possible 5,400 for the challenge. And quite correctly, Papa Bear Gilles de Costa calls it a glorious fiasco. The people who did well in the end of the challenge had nothing on the line, and the people who did have something on the line completely screwed up at the end. That confirms it that Christian is definitely a player. He is not the mole. He was the only one. Everything he said was correct. <laughs> Forgive me if I'm wrong, but I've not got much experience of driving automatic cars. I'm assuming it was an automatic rather than a manual. It's not difficult to put a car into neutral. You know when a car is in neutral because in a manual car, it will sound horrific. And in an automatic car, you won't hear anything. But it will judder if it is in gear and you're not putting any pressure on the gas. I know I'm speaking to someone who doesn't drive here, but still. <laughs> uh, it's, it'll be interesting to everyone in the audience who does know how to drive. Should have had a guest driver on this podcast this week. It was a bit of a one-sided driving chat, that, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's how it works. Given I had the interesting experience of driving an automatic car for the first time when I was in Texas a few weeks ago, it's very much still on my mind. You know what should have happened is have Bart behind the wheel. He would have gunned it to 88 or higher. Oh, he definitely would. Bart would have just treated it like either Back to the Future or Speed. He wouldn't care which. <laughs> yeah. We're going 88, Marty. No, we're going 88, Barty. Come on. It was right there. We're going 88, Barty. We're going back to 2016. So yeah, Papa Bear calls it a glorious fiasco, and he says that tomorrow they'll leave Athens for Peloponnesus, but with five candidates remaining. He also tells them to say goodbye to their loved ones. And very interestingly, despite the fact that BMW sponsored the season, they're taken away in a van that is very blatantly Mercedes-Benz livery. Hmm, I did not notice that. I did actually have to double-check with the logos to make sure I was right on this, but I'm 100% right on this. And it is now time for the test. Ordinarily, it's 20 questions on the identity and actions of the mole, but this week it's only 15. Whoever knows least goes home, apart from the mole who can never go home. Bart says that the ideal place for the mole was in the search team in the paparazzi challenge. Salim says that both Doreen and Bart's photos were suspicious, as they both got umbrella pictures. Doreen says that it's strange that Christine sent her to the taxi zone with three minutes to spare and no money. And Alina says that Jolien was originally the heroine as she was playing for 600 euros, but it was very odd how she couldn't get the car into neutral. It's not that hard to put a car into neutral. 
and Christian is suspicious of Alina for not following his instructions. And everyone is a bit surprised at the end of their tests because it stops on question 15. That's suspicious. And Papa Bear, Gilles de Costa meets them on the beach for the elimination, but it's not an ordinary one. The person with the worst score can ensure someone else will go home. One by one, they will come up and be shown their results. They can ensure their survival if everyone else doesn't suspect them as getting the red screen. And there are six fireworks set up, one for each person, and they get to light three of them. If they set off three green ones, they'll earn nothing for the pots, and they will take the remaining five questions right there on the beach. If they pick the loser, they'll earn 2,000 euros, and that person goes home immediately. This has got to be one of the best twists that's been done in any mall season. Oh yeah, because I said to you I wasn't really feeling this episode, it's kind of a bit more subdued. This final challenge is fun, because somehow they have a one in two chance of picking who it is, and somehow they manage to mess it up, and mess it up royally as well. This is quite the contrast to Baja and Lloyd owning the briefcase challenge in the Mexico season. Yeah, essentially this season, for me, has been kind of a greatest hits inspired by previous seasons, which is why I think they're probably going to take a little bit of time off after this one. Because this really reminded me of that briefcase challenge as well. In that I'm 99% sure that instead of seeing their green screen, the mole probably saw who was going home, or who who was meant to go home, and therefore could steer the discussion. Well, you, that's the only way to have them all uh, to have them all mess up this challenge is to steer it away from the red screen. Yeah, unless the mole was briefed before they went down to the beach, of course, because they're all sequestered. Yeah, as long as Elizabeth doesn't forget her, her instructions this time. <laughs> but somehow they managed to completely and utterly not game theory this challenge because they've been together for nearly two weeks now. They should probably know when someone else is lying pick up on some sort of tell, or, or not so much when someone's lying, but just really nervous. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure I know who it was meant to be. I'm pretty sure I could tell it from the body language, and watching these people for, like, five, six hours total, I'm pretty sure I know who it is. Do you want to have a pun at who it was? Um, uh, let's think. I'm trying to think through the whole discussion. Maybe Bart, because of how much he was talking during the discussion. I'm pretty sure it was Christian. Christian was far too quiet in this challenge. He was trying far too much to blend in the background like he had something to hide. But then he does get into an argument, though, towards the end. He does, but nobody suspects him at that point. He played it exactly how you should play it if you have that red screen, and that is let everyone else talk and everyone else nominate each other and then just piggyback on one of those and make sure you don't get picked. Did I tell you about the time when I hosted a mole game, Michael? This was with just with just with like a immediate and extended family. Wasn't this where nobody picked the mole at the end? Well, they picked the mole. Well, they tried. They just didn't do well in the final quiz. <laughs> that was the one, yeah. Yeah, where the there's 25 questions at the end, and the winning score was a 12 out of 25, I think, because it was the non-hardcore. It was all of the hardcore people went home for every elimination, and then the most, the two most casual people were in the final three with the mole. Anyway, so the very first challenge we did was a game called Mafia. And for those who don't know what Mafia is, it goes by a bunch of different names. And has also been a challenge on Vista Mole before. It's fitting. Um, so anyways, in, in Mafia, you have two or three people set up as Mafia, and then everyone else is an actual player with special abilities to figure out who the Mafia members are. 
So I did that as the first challenge in the mold game that I hosted with my family. And one person drew the Mafia card secretly. My dad had the Mafia card. And normally my dad's the most talkative person in the room. So then the challenge starts. And he doesn't say a single word for the five minutes during the discussion. And then everyone catches on and realizes, oh, why haven't you said anything? You must be Mafia. And then everyone else immediately unanimously votes that he's Mafia, and the challenge is over just like that. Because he, he used the same strategy, too, of, I'm just not going to speak and see what happens. <laughs> Unfortunately, it really sticks out when my dad is the quietest person in the room amongst the other people who are playing. So that strategy did not work out well. Yeah, I would put money on Christian being the person who was meant to go home here. But he didn't do a Bertrand, and he actually managed to escape elimination. So... With Bertrand, the lesson learned there from the South Africa season is, hey, if you see you got the red screen and you're able to play the following round and there's still like seven people left, maybe you're way off track on who the mole is and you should definitely pick an entirely different suspect or the exact opposite of what you're thinking. At least here, whoever got the red screen, whether it be Christian or somebody else, at least they learned from Bertrand and took a complete opposite strategy and it paid off because they saved themselves from elimination. It's like the evolution. It's the evolution of a mole player where they've seen these seasons and they start doing their homework on what to do. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to look back on this season if we're right with our theories here that this is potentially the last season for a little while and all that sort of stuff. Because the crucial thing is that these people can learn so much from previous seasons and they're bringing back old style challenges and adapting them for the location. It's a very odd kind of season in that respect. It's really good so far, but it's kind of odd that they're looking back at previous sort of challenges they've done and adapting them and changing the gimmicks. But then the contestants also being able to look back and go, hmm, that didn't work for them, but I'm going to try it differently if I'm in that position. The other thing is, though, the reason why you can do these similar types, like, especially with Vidim, let's take Vidim, where they've done the same, like, what, five types of challenges many, many times, year after year after year, all of them out of tradition. And they still really suck at earning money because there's still somebody in their group who's sabotaging the efforts and everyone else is trying to look like the mole themselves. And there's so many strategies on what the mole can do to try and blend in and avoid being detected that... That you can still have a season each year, have the similar types of challenges, and still not have groups succeed uh, at their objective. Yeah, that's the one thing. When you, that's the one good thing about a format like the Mole is that even though there's this increased in intelligence amongst the contestants, you've still got a Mole in there who's who's finding ways to screw everything up, and doesn't take much to trigger chaos. It's not like say Survivor where Everyone knows exactly what to do all of the time now. And then production's reaction is, well, we can't have a mole in Survivor. So let's have 20 hidden immunity idols and advantages to throw a wrench in everyone's plans. So for each round, they got five minutes to debate. And they all say they had a green screen, obviously. And they start calling each other out, apart from Christian. <laughs> and they choose Doreen for the first round. She had a green screen. Second round, they choose Salim. His was also green. And in the final round, they almost choose Julianne. She's not a happy bunny. She kicks off with them. With 30 seconds to go, Christian changes his vote, as does Salim. 
and they choose Alina, and she obviously has a green screen. That switch is so suspicious. Hmm. That was someone drawing out their mole. Yeah, it's like, well, the mole was deflecting off of, could have been trying to deflect off of Julian, and then, and then the other part of it is that there's probably a contestant in there who wanted to test if the mole would switch that easily. Like, if you focus on one suspect and how they behave during this challenge, this is a challenge where you could probably get a lot of information as a contestant. Yeah, because think about it from Christian's point of view, assuming he was the one with the red screen. As soon as he knows that no one is suspecting him, he might as well try and pin it on his main suspect in Alina, because he wants to see how she reacts. Because if she reacts like a contestant, and he knows he has a red screen, he gets so much more information out of that. Right. The person with the red screen is in the unique position of knowing for certain that they should have gone home. So they need to scramble before they do those five questions to work out who they're actually going to pin those five questions on and try and get five points out of it. And on on top of that too, pick somebody who you clearly... Pick somebody who you didn't have on the quiz and just own in on this person during these three rounds of discussions. So if the person doesn't behave like you think a mole would, that's actually a really good sign because now there's two two out of five players, well, with Salim uh, executed, that's potentially three out of five players that you could, that you can rule out as the mole just because of this challenge. So they all take the remaining five questions... And it's scored with a very interesting version of Painted Black, which I did point out slightly earlier, but there's something unique about this, in that it is not the same version they used in Mexico, which is the one from the Westworld soundtrack, but more interestingly, there is no match for that version of Painted Black on Google. Because usually with this sort of stuff, if it's a cover version of some description, I will do what song is this to work out what orchestration it is and everything, which is how I know it's the Westworld version from the Mexico season. But nothing came up with this one, which is really suspicious to me, because we got duped last time with Ready or Not and Elizabeth singing. And I don't think they'd do the same joke again, but it is a bit nasty if they did. They love their music clues. So I'm putting it out there now. If that is a hint, then I've called it now. (laughs) And Julianne gets the first firework. It is green. Christian and Bart also get green ones, which means whoever it was who got the red screen has saved themselves before Salim gets the red one. And Doreen is upset. And he drives away, but doesn't spot the screen in front of him, which, if you're eliminated on the mole and you see a screen in front of you in the car, you immediately go, oh no, I've worn my best clothes, am I about to get paint bombed? (laughs) Yeah. My suit! My Armani suit! But instead, the mole comes on the screen with a message under their robe. And they say, Dear Salim, sorry you were out of the game. While I can't change your elimination, I have another proposal for you. I'm giving you the chance to go home with some more money. But for that, we need to work together. And the fact that they didn't identify whoever it was with the red screen means that they earn nothing of 2,000 euros for the pot, 1,000 of 11,900 for the episode, and 17,645 of a possible 67,900 for the season so far. It was a bad week for the candidates. (laughs) Not their worst week this season, though. 
No, I'm assuming you hadn't done the maths on that. But yeah, 1,000 of a possible 11,900. Because the airport challenge alone was worth 5,400 euros. So next week, they play a version of the Olympics. Alina, Jolien and Christian have wetsuits with things to shake off. And the mole reappears with their robe. They love their Greek robes. So I'm going to do something we haven't done for a little while, which is recap the pool. Because I am down to two people, which is Christian and Doreen. And Logan has Alina, Bart and Jolien. And given that there are five people left, this is the last week that we can use switches. So, Mr. Saunders, would you like to switch? Uh, I'm going to hang on to my team. Okay. Then my response is, I'm going to switch, and I'm going to switch Alina for Christian. (laughs) And can I just switch back? You may not, because the rule this season, as I explained in the premiere, is it's one per week. Okay. Yes. So, your team is now... um, Bart, Christian, and Jolien, and mine is now Alina and Doreen. And I swear I didn't rig this. (laughs) If you want to blame anyone for that rule, blame Michelle, because she actually suggested it. Okay. And something else I haven't done since the first week, because I keep forgetting, is recapping the first suspicions list, because after week one, I did mention that uh, we had a form open to record everyone's first suspicions. There are still 12 people left out of about 18, 19, I think, submitted it with their first suspicion left in the game, and only one person was not suspected as number one in week one. And that person was, Logan? Bart? That was Alina. Oh, boy, have times changed. It's like the whole Rob thing. (laughs) So who are your two suspects? Alina, far and away, is my number one suspect. How long have I been suspecting Alina at the top, or near the top? Three weeks she's been your number one. And she was your number two in week two, I believe. Okay, well, I got to preserve my Belgian mole record, so let's let's keep Alina at number one. And then, not really suspecting anyone else, Julien in number two? Which is exactly identical to my top two, because <laughs> by far and away I suspect Alina, as you might have guessed. And, I mean, Julien... For all that, I am 99% sure that it's Alina. Stuff that Jolien did, like with her smirk when Sasha said she couldn't lie to him, that sort of stuff is a bit suspicious. And also the way she properly kicked off at the um, at the execution game. There was just something atypical about her reaction in that, and also in the skydive challenge last week, that makes me think, is she playing a different game? And she didn't put up much of a fight when it was her uh, firework being launched into the air. Like, it's especially if she was number three, it was the last chance. And she's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, just put mine in the air. Let's lose 2,000. Let's go. Yeah, there's just something not 100% about her. And the final question, who do you think's going home next week? <sighs> ah, man, so messed up now because of Salim. Let's see. Maybe might be Bart's time to go, sadly. See, the only person we didn't see suspect Alina in any capacity this week was Doreen, I think. Just have a look back through my notes. I, yeah, Doreen was on Christian, I think. Everyone's going to be rethinking their suspects now, because that was a deep psychological challenge. It really was, so... As much as I obviously don't want to go down to one person, even if it is the person I suspect is Mole, I, I'm 
I'm leaning towards Doreen maybe going next week. I think it'd be a surprise if it isn't her or Christian. I'm reasonably confident that the final three now will be Alina, Bart, and Jolien. Because they are the three kind of biggest characters we've seen this season. Do you want to guess a final three? Well, I guess if it's down to five, um, think of Alina, Christian, and Jolien. It'll be very interesting to find out who got the red screen and whether my instinct on it being Christian was right. Yeah, I think Bart will go this coming week and then Doreen. Cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Huh, in- interesting. <laughs> what else do you want me to say? I don't know. Something about <laughs> Willie Summers. Oh, God, you're obsessed. So have you got anything else to say? Um, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So thank you for listening to our Demol Velzi recap. We'll be back next week, as always, to continue the hunt for the latest mole. Don't forget you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, where we are RTB Warriors, or you can email us at contact at rtbwarriors.com. Logan's on Twitter at Logsubukawaki, and I am MJ Harmstone. See you next week. Peace out, and just chill till the next of flavoring.